all that surrounds you is for your utmost benefit. Your ears, your heart and the light within you are now tuned to lasers in the jungle. It is here that you will be encouraged to contemplate the magic of the music that you love. Has some of the music been transferring esoteric wisdom to within our consciousness? Why and how does it nourish and comfort us? Is it because it was made in love and is love? How come some sounds and songs make your body shiver or tingle? Are some of your favorite musicians part of an ancient divine order, a mystery school, or a benevolent bloodline? The choice to know is yours. Down the rabbit hole we go. Thank you for listening to Lasers in the Jungle. And now, your host, John Wills. Well, welcome back. This is episode two of Lasers in the Jungle. This again is John Wills. My friends call me J-Dub. And I have Justin Carpenter again. Thanks for being back. Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate being here. It These shows are a lot of fun because it is just going through these incredible songs in ways that, you know, we're not really used to on a sort of general scale. So it's just, it's so much fun being here and I really enjoy it. So thanks for having me. Well, I was recapping episode one this past week you know, listening to it, kind of going through the edit. And I over-prepared. I totally over-prepared, but it's okay. I'm, I'm trying a different approach this time. And I think it was my insecurity. I think because she came into my life in such a synchronistic way, I, it was powerful. You know, her music just flowed into my life unexpectedly. And then it was going to be the first episode. I just, I really, I felt like I had to do about four weeks of relationship with her and her music and all this other music, man, it's been a part of my life for such a long time. And and so this episode will be much more enjoyable. I shouldn't say enjoyable, but just maybe more relaxing because I, I haven't over-prepared for this episode, <laughs> but I am prepared. I am prepared, but I enjoyed that episode. I think the big takeaway that I get after listening to it is her, her music and the machine their desire is to help us kind of know ourselves. And the music kind of, it just allows for that. It really creates this space and opportunity to reflect that a lot of music maybe doesn't, but this, her music clearly does. So I hope the big takeaway from episode one is maybe know thyself and fall in love with Florence and the Machine because she can, she can help facilitate that process. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it's magical going through her way of just conveying this <laughs> this experience that we're having, but do so in an encouraging way of like we know there are darker elements, we know there are pitfalls, we know there are stumbles, but that's okay. That's all part of this, and the whole point is to rise through that. It's very encouraging. She's very encouraging in that. She is, and I, I would I'm asking because I have teenage daughters. Actually, I have one teenage daughter and one almost 21-year-old. That's amazing. But they're beautiful young ladies, and I really hope that they'll uh, listen to Florence and the Machines music. And I don't know, just let it come into their lives. It's, it's amazing music. And the music that we're going to be talking about on this episode is a lot different, though. It's country music for all intents and purposes, but it's, it's not your traditional country music. 
Justin, we both grew up in the South. So we, I feel like this idea of born at the right time or right place. If you're a music fan, growing up, being born and growing up in the South is a great place to live and be born. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, there is so much rich culture and singing just lyrics written about the South and the ways that it's touched and reached people. There's something magical about it. It really does kind of inspire that sort of just deeper soul searching aspect. But yeah, it's been wonderful growing up in that space to get that exposure to it. Yeah, especially, you know, I'm in Atlanta or I grew up in Atlanta and it's, there's so much history with our city and our state, but there's a lot of rich, rich music history. And for me personally, you know, country music and Southern rock is a huge, huge, huge part of my uh, upbringing. And so this music that we'll talk about today, it's definitely Southern. It's definitely Southern rock. But there's a lot of country music that is, anyway, just bad. It's terrible. (laughs) You don't want to listen to it. But the country music that you want to listen to is generally alternative country or outlaw country, kind of Americana, folk country, country that just tells great soulful stories. So this music is in that same genre, but this music is also psychedelic and kind of transcendental. When you have country music that approaches those areas, it really stands out. You really notice it compared to traditional, maybe outlaw country or alt country. This this type of music is, man, it it's real noticeable. Would you agree, Justin? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, when you're speaking about or singing about or writing about truth, it, it definitely rings true. And Sturgill's got a great way of bringing it all together in a nice package, but keeping it with that sort of traditional kind of country flair. So it intrigues the people who are typically listen to that, but then it, it makes you think, it makes you think, Hmm, like what's going on here? What is this experience? There's so much more. It really <laughs> does. It. There's a lot. There's a whole lot, much like Florence, the machine. There's a whole lot to Sturgill Simpson's music. That's who we're going to be talking about on this episode. I became familiar with Sturgill Simpson. I think it was in 2014. I looked it up. You know, you can look up anything on the internet, including I went to a John Prine, Jason Isbell concert at the Fox Theater in Atlanta with my wife. And anyway, I looked it up. I saw the set list. I saw the date I was there. And that was also the date that I was introduced to Sergio Simpson. We were kind of at an intermission smoke break and I was out on that porch at the Fox, you know, talking music with people and some guy, he told me, you, you got to listen to Sturgill Simpson. And man, I, I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget being introduced to his music because it's really awesome music. Justin, you had not really been familiar with his music too much until we started hanging out, huh? No. I mean, I, I've heard the name and said I had friends in, in college and in my 20s that would recommend it at different times. But I'm kind of the same way, you know, when people ask if I like country music, I'm very hesitant to say yes, because there's so much of country music that I do not like at all. But when it does go into these kind of layers, I love the sound of it. You know, I I do love that sort of homey kind of like inviting sound of it. I just don't like the very surface level 
topics that are often sung about, you know, just about like getting drunk in your truck and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Not my cup of tea at all. So when, so I, I was biased against Sergio Simpson, knowing that he was a sort of modern country singer. I thought, Ms., this is just going to be another one of those. So I did, I stayed away from it until you introduced me to it. And, and I, I dove in, I'm like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. He knows what he knows what's up. So it's nice to let go of those that sort of prejudice and see things from a fresh perspective because you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. And I'm glad that I'm diving into it. It's funny how um, I call it redneck shit. You know, like all of it is and same thing with the hippie shit. Like it's all some of it is actual shit. And then some of it, man, you just you got to you got to get into the essence of, of what's really going on there. So like with the hippie music, man, it's not just smelly, dirty hippies. It's so much more than, than what we are first we might see or kind of associate with it. And, and that's, what's so amazing about kind of Americana country, folksy music, soul music, you know, good country music. It is so, so good. And when artists like Sturgill just kind of applies their, guess, uh, artistic abilities alongside just already good storytelling and instrumentals. And just, again, I love how he does a good job. Of, I feel like we, he's real personal, so personal. It's really, really intimate, real vulnerable topics, not just about, you know, his spiritual journey, but, you know, his family life and his, you know, his intimate relationships you know these are just anyway it's just nice to have a country music singer be real vulnerable and, and really intimate and emotional with their lyrics because like you said a lot of country music it's not like that at all well justin i want to go ahead and get going with our first song oh you know what i mentioned this i want to go back to this the fox theater i'm very interested in learning more about the fox theater i i've studied yeah, you know, we're on the thirty-third parallel here in Atlanta. I bet Memphis is on the thirty-third parallel also. And anyway, there's certain parallels, there's certain ley lines, and I believe the Fox Theater. There's certain venues in their sanctuaries, their sacred spaces of sound that have been designed for the music and and for the magic. And I know this because I've, I've studied music. And when you study music, you also end up studying design and architecture and these other basically number sciences that the ancients were deep into. So if there's somebody out there that has a real knowledge of the Fox, the fabulous Fox theater, I would love to learn more about its history. And, and again, some of the architecture and design principles when we get into a kind of sacred sounds and sacred spaces. I don't know, Justin, I've, if you've read Peter Shampoo or um, Freddie Silva, there are, you know, Lila, she mentioned it last week. I didn't even know she did astrocartography. But I bet I could ask her, hey, Lila, will you look at the coordinates of the fox and just tell me, tell me, tell me, give me some information? Because these theaters and these halls of music, they're selected where they're put in the, a lot of these churches, a lot of these places, man. It's all very strategic. 
and you, when you can see it, it's really fun. It's real exciting. We're, we're obviously focused on the music and not the space or the theaters of music, but I do want to talk about it because it's, it's part of the process. It's all part of the alchemy. Justin, have you studied this stuff? Astrocartography, ley lines, not, sacred not sites? A- yeah, not extensively. It's certainly something that's that interests me as far as knowing that, you know, as above, so below, so this earth is set up in the same way that we are. And as we have this sort of grid lines, that's where acupuncture and these sort of Eastern medicine can tap into these major grid lines within us and activate this energetic flow. The earth functions in the same way. So if we work in tandem with them, you know, and that's why all these, typically all these ancient structures are built on key points where ley lines cross and intersect, which act as energetic uh, amplifiers. So whatever you build there, whether it's a meditation chamber or a music hall or whatever the case may be, the magnitude of whatever energy is created there is going to be amplified to some degree. And then it plays into you know, astrology and the way that that grid is set up. So it's all, it's all works in tandem, but I don't know a lot of details about it. I just, I just love it. I think it's fascinating. I think it's cool too. Anyway, I went to Scotland this summer and I was looking, I was looking for the portals. I was ready to put my hands on some stones and go some places, but I think the Fox theater could be a portal also. You know, for all I know, I mean, they have an Egyptian ballroom. I, there's some occult things going on at the fabulous Fox Theater in Atlanta. And now that I'm maybe kind of, I haven't been back there since I've been studying these kind of occult principles. It's been, I guess it's been since COVID since I've been back there. The other thing interesting about the Fox, that's the last venue that Prince played before he died or left. And then the, uh, Colonel Bruce, rest in peace, Colonel Bruce Hampton. Just he's kind of a godfather of uh, jam band, Southern rock, and he died on stage at the Fox Theater, which was not too long ago, actually. I think it was last. Anyway, it was a couple years ago. So anyway, there's some lore about that theater, and it's fun to talk about music, but it sure is fun to talk about music venues, also. I think so. I, I would welcome any listener that have a real knowledge especially if it's a esoteric knowledge about the fox theater to uh, reach out to lasers in the jungle and uh, let's have a conversation that'd be really fun and and interesting so please do that all right this first song is off of meta modern sounds and country music in 2014s it's actually his second album this song is called just let go and i've chose this song to start with, because it kind of picks up where we left off with the last song that we did with Florence and the Machine. So let's go ahead and start this. Hello. Lasers in the Jungle requires your participation. If you are driving or busy with another task as you hear my voice, it is very important that you press pause. When you hear the sound of the golden harp, that is your cue to prepare your mind for a listening experience. Consider the garden of your mind. Is the soil hard and impervious? Or is it rocky, busy and burdened? When the soil in the garden of your mind is well prepared, rested and still, then and only then should you listen to the music. 
the music should be played at maximum volume and accompanied with adequate review and study of the lyrics. Once you have received and listened to the music, come back and join this episode. Thank you. Woke up today and decided to kill my ego It never done me no good, no how Gonna break through and blast off to the bar door well, that was just like go, Justin. What a song, huh? Did, could you hear it okay on your end? Yeah, yeah, it came through great. It was, it, it's phenomenal. It, what a good message on. Uh, it's really an important thing to always remember about. Don't hold on too tight. <laughs> just let go. I know. Just let go. What a good message. Well, let's start at the very, very top. It's, it's. It, <laughs> this is a funny, funny way to start a song like this, in my opinion. Because it's so matter of fact. Woke up today and decided to kill my ego. Just like that, Justin. I just woke up today, decided to kill my ego. I mean, that's that's humor, if you ask me. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's... I used to associate my ego with things like pride. And, well, you, I need to be more humble. I woke up today and I decided I need to be more humble. But you know and I know this idea of ego is a lot more than pride. And, and this death, this death of ego, anyway, it is a journey. It is a process. This is, this mm-hmm. is the beginning. This is the very beginning of what you and I know to be the hero's journey is, is this, this moment right here. So it's a cool way to start the song, but I love how he just kind of matter-of-factly like, yeah, I woke up today, decided to kill my ego, like, no biggie. And it's the biggest dadgum deal you can ever do is kill your ego. It's really, really, really hard. And when you've done it, you've got to do it again and again and again and again. Every day. Every day. (laughs) So anyway, I love the way it starts. And it's cool because now we get to talk about the hero's journey. We didn't even talk about it on episode one. Yeah, it's a nice segue into that. And, you know, I, I would say it's certainly a way to look at addressing the ego. Sometimes I find that killing the ego is a little bit too harsh because the ego is certainly a, a part of us that gives us this sense of separation. You know, I I would not exist as the character that is Justin Carpenter without an ego to sort of confine this identity. But the ego, how, what happens, and he says it, it ain't ever done me no good, no how. There is a purpose to it, but it does sort of constantly pull us into this idea of separation that separation is absolute and when i believe that separation is absolute i lose all my connectivity and that's where i start to suffer that's where all the problems stem from and that's what this song is about it's just letting go of that holding on to this perception of separation so that i can come back into that connection mm-hmm mm-hmm well, he starts off with killing the ego. And then he goes in that second verse like, all right, well, now it's time to blast off into this these metaphysical realms, basically, this the state of consciousness. I haven't studied a lot of Tibetan or Buddhist teachings. I'm more familiar, obviously, with the teachings of Christ and, and Krishna. 
and the Greeks, you know, kind of the ancient Greeks, but this Bardo blast off to Bardo. It's a state of being, or it's a state of consciousness. It's this idea of, well, you're, you're dead, but you quite haven't, you haven't been reborn yet. So there's, it's, it's a really important posture or place if you're considering a spiritual journey. Hmm. So that kind of represent the sort of rock bottom moment or the, that, that floor Valley floor to propel off of. That's what it seems like when I, when I was reading the Tibetan kind of these books and their understanding of the, of the Bardo, it's not so much a place. It's just kind of a station that you're in, like Mm. the Valley, the Valley. It's interesting that it starts with a, it's a B Bardo, which B is two and two represents the mother and she is the valley floor that we have to start with you know so we have to start with her start at the bottom and work all the way up so it's just amazing how that all fits together like always truth does well he bring yeah he brings it back up later we'll get to it when he talks about oh you have to let go so the soul may fall that's that same that bardo that 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 space of falling into the mother i, I think mm-hmm. think but let's uh, in them flowers of light far away from the here and now. He talks a lot about this concept of time, and he's I love it because it's constantly in his music, far away from the here and now. The flowers of light, anytime light comes up, I'm, anyway, it's cool. I love Photon. I love light. And uh, Sturgill Simpson sings a lot about light. We'll, we'll talk a lot about light as we talk about his music. But this 49 divine day vacation, that too, again, it's a uh, seven days, seven weeks of seven days. That's a spiritual, real important spiritual process when you're thinking about grieving or, or mourning. And anytime you're reassociating your life, your belief system, your there's a grieving process, and it's necessary. It's beautiful. Forty nine days is a beautiful time period to uh, to kind of transition and, and grieve. Or to maybe try on some new wineskins, or, or to begin to reassociate with uh, kind of your new ways or new thoughts. So I love how this this song, those first three, you know, kind of portions, he's building up to the the next half of the song, and it's it's cool. And again, sonically, musically, you can hear it throughout the song. Everything's kind of building up as we get to uh, the part where I get emotional when I hear this song. I get emotional. This second because it's neat to have someone describe a feeling that i i don't know how to describe but let's talk about the transmigrate to my destination far beyond time in an eternal dream and then there's this kind of wonder of is this a dream am i dying and this is the part that for me it feels real intimate, right? Because mm. I don't, I don't have people talk to me about the state of consciousness. Because I don't know a lot of people that can describe well, what's that feel like, you know. And then when I have someone share what it feels like to them, and it resonates with me, and I identify with it, man, it may, I get real emotional. It brings, I don't know, I, I, it's kind of hard to describe, but. That's one of the things this song does for me. When we when he gets into this part, when he talks about, am I dreaming? Am I dying? This feels so good, but I just can't help but cry. <laughs> I mean, it does feel good. This anyway, it's it's weird that the uh, 
kind of letting go and going into that centered kind of place that is only for you. It's kind of the holy of holies. The it's just real sacred spot. It mm-hmm. it's just real special. And then to have someone kind of share a little bit about that with us in a song, it it's just nice. It's real comforting to me. Yeah, I mean, this conveys that sweet surrender, that absolute trust of this experience in such a beautiful way because am I dreaming or am I dying? Either way, I don't mind at all. That is, that's letting go of the fear of death, which is this fear of this physical experience as as if that is an absolute. And the only way you can do that is if you are in that space of absolute trust, in that full surrender. You're fully leaning back and saying, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay with whatever happens. And I'm trusting you, God, to lead me through this experience because we're a part of it. And we we are a part in the, the manifestation and the creation of this as well. So there's nothing to fear because this is all for us. <laughs> and so just having that that peace with the process, knowing that the fall, you know, oh, you have to let go so the soul may fall. This is enjoying that part of the experience as well. We don't have to fight any of it and just trust that it's all there for us always. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is a very beautiful transition into this state that he's in going from you know the where we can all get to this turmoil of holding on to these things that don't ultimately matter at all but we we like to pretend like they matter quite a lot in the moments they seem like they do but (laughs) as soon as we let go then it's like wow that didn't really matter that much and (laughs) it's so much so much better to let go so much better well it finishes with a bible verse that i want to read but the uh Anyway, last part. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. Everything is a part of me. I think one of the things that we talked about maybe on the pilot episode, we talked about definitely when you, this idea of going within, you and you kind of find that true connection. You, you realize how connected and apart all is. And that feeling, anyway, it's just, it's an unusual feeling. It's a feeling that it, you feel oftentimes in nature, um, but you definitely feel when you really practice meditation and you go within, you just feel this just beautiful connection with, with, with what he's talking about. Everything. Everything is a part of me. And then it says, it's so hard looking through all the lies made of wool, but if you close your eyes, it becomes so easy to see. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. I was going to look for it because I have it around here, but I've got it memorized. I don't care. It says, uh, Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, he's saying, listen, we don't focus on the seen. We focus on the unseen because the seen is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. So when you close your eyes, you're focusing on the unseen. And the unseen is easy to see. It's it's eternal. That's that connection that we're a part of. But it does require maybe closing your eyes or this idea of going within, kind of focusing on the unseen. But I, I love how it ends because that that's kind of the bottom line with this music and this podcast is we're focusing on the unseen. And we're allowing the unseen elements of this sound and these lyrics and these the emotions of this music, we're just, we're curious about the unseen 
And anyway, it's a cool way to end a beautiful song about letting go and kind of seeking higher consciousness as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I mean, it, it does encapsulate it very well. Just this acknowledgement, everything is a part of me, so there is nothing to fear. <laughs> but it's acknowledging that all the lies, you know, do make it hard to have this experience through. So all we have to do is just let go of that. Stop trying to use these eyes, the two eyes, and use the single eye, which is where we close our physical eyes and we can tap into this this aspect of creation that, that is beyond the physical. And it really is so much more than just the physical. But we've just forgotten. We've forgotten this aspect. So this is just a great reminder for us all to remember, like, hey, there is a lot more, but you got to let go. <laughs> you got to trust. There's no other way. Got to let go. Okay, so song number two, we're going to move right into. This is another Sturgill song off of a different album. This album is, uh, I think it's my favorite album because of all the instruments, all the brass, all the horns, all just the rhythm. It's just a great album. And I think because it's so different than the, the other album, but A Sailor's Guide to Earth, Justin, I don't know if you can see this album, but it's got some cool artwork. I'm not going to do the artwork. One of the things I learned from episode one is... Uh, Please excuse this interruption. This portion of the podcast is available on our social media. If you are interested in listening to John and his guest discuss the beautiful artwork and occult symbolism within the artist's music videos and record covers, then be sure to follow Lasers in the Jungle on social media and on the web. As for now, please continue listening to our regularly scheduled conversation regarding the powerful poetry of this music. Thank you. And as best they can, you know, sometimes they have to release these albums on like, they can't do it on a Saturday or Sunday, but they can do it on a Friday of the weekend of a, of a new moon. And you'll see that if you study his music and when it's released, it's there, it's, it's, it's on moon time. That's just a little nod. That's something that I think all these artists that are in touch with just the power of the universe, they recognize, gosh, you know, a new moon is a neat way to introduce or to help get things rolling or moving or created or birthed. And then a full moon or a harvest moon or a complete moon is a way of kind of really celebrating and recognizing the fullness of maybe a certain body of work. So I guess depending on what you're trying to do with your music, you might pick a particular moon. We talked about Florence. She uses Scorpio moon because her music is obviously causes everyone to reflect and go within and kind of face their uh, their unconscious self. So it's kind of cool that Sturgill does this also with how he releases his music. All right, Justin, let's do All Around You now. This is a song. I don't know if you saw this music. We're going to watch the music video. That last song didn't have a music video. This one does. It's a very good video. We'll play it now. I didn't remind everybody last time be sure when you play this music, you listen to it as loud as you possibly can. You'll enjoy it more.
But the sun won't shine Will it seem I love how that heartbeat beats at the very end. Could you hear that, Justin? Yeah, I could. That was great. <laughs> That's cool. What a good song. What a loving song. Gosh, such a just it's what I have here. Just a, a really loving song by a really nice man named Sturgill Simpson. Just love that song. Yeah, it's just very encouraging to um if we forget that the God's love is truly all around us. So there's no need to worry. <laughs> and that gives us the strength. That gives us the strength to face our face our fears and face our adversity, which was shown so powerfully in that music video. And yeah, it is beautiful. It's a very beautiful song. Yeah, before we get into the song, one of the things I realized I didn't mention on the uh, before we started, you know, the name of this album is A Sailor's Guide to Earth. And Earth is an anagram for heart. So A Sailor's Guide, this whole album... It's a story. It's a journey. It starts off, you know, Welcome to Earth, Pollywog, and it finishes with the song that we'll do next. But this is one of those concept albums that takes you, it takes you on a little journey. It takes you on a story, and it's a story about your heart. So it's, it's a sailor's guide to the heart, so much the earth. But that, that's what these people, these artists, they know what they're, how to use their language and use it well. And it's for us to consider that, oh, wow, is this, is this an album for me to navigate the earth? No, it's an album for you to navigate your heart. It's really an amazing album. So if you don't have it, you should buy it, along with all of the other music. But this one's really good. This is a great album, again, because of all the instruments, I think, and, and the writing. But all around you, Justin, it starts off kind of sad, kind of a little bit like, yeah, this is a cruel world, kind of sucks. You know, it's not always going to be awesome and beautiful. There's going to be some some hard times. Well, that's what makes it so appealing to so many because, I mean, we can all relate with either a time in our lives or maybe experiencing now where it does feel like, you know, there are those days where it's just overwhelming and you don't know what to do. You don't know what to look for. You feel like you just can't get by. So that's the kind of like enticing appeal that gets us all to relate with this. And, but then he brings it all together. You know, there's nothing, nothing to worry about with that, but it is, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad way to, to come into the song, but we were so drawn by our emotions that I think it's a really, really catchy way to, to bring us into the, the feeling of mm-hmm. what, and then he brings us through the whole journey of what that feeling can transmute and turn yeah. into. He reminds us again, you can let go, if you choose to, of the pain. But then the chorus, uh, time, again, we're talking about time, time slips away. The skies fall apart. That phrase, the sky falling apart phrase, this idea of the skies falling apart, that's something that you're going to hear over and over again when these artists or these songwriters are talking about kind of the veil being torn or the, or the, They've seen the light or their, their perspective or their understanding of their life has completely changed. I think Tom Petty talks about the skyline cracking. The National talks about their windshield cracks. Here we hear talking about the skies are falling apart. So time clips away. Skies fall apart. Skies falling apart is a beautiful thing. You want mm-hmm. skies. Skies falling apart is is an important part of the journey, 
I love it yeah, that he, he put it in this song. It's the matrix falling away, you know, it's that illusion destroying itself, you know, or our hold onto it as if that limitation that keeps us bound, but it only keeps us bound because we believe in it. <laughs> and so when time slips away, when we go within, then all this perception of a prison that we live in, all that sky's the skies fall apart. <laughs> and it's a it's a choice. Yeah. And it's a good thing. When the skies are falling apart, that's that's positive. And it ain't too hard. A universal heart glowing, flowing all around you. Let's talk about the course after we talk about verse two, because we're gonna talk about uh the glowing and flowing all around you at the end. But verse two, again, it's kind of reminding us that, hey, this there's going to be hard times. It's not going to be necessarily easy. And this idea of time, don't get too hung up on it, you know, because it feels like it can go on forever. But again, it's just this feeling of being lost. That's the sad thing about being away from the Father is, is we're just, it feels lost. We feel really uh, insecure. However, Know in your heart that we're always together. And this is the part where I've studied and followed Jesus my whole life. But it wasn't until I really understood his mystical teachings or teachings on kind of going within that this made a lot more sense to me. This part that says we're always together, this unity of spirit, this Godhead, this relationship this divine way that is available within all of us, it's just, it's such an awesome union and connection. And it just gives me a lot of peace and comfort and and strength knowing that nothing can ever separate that. That is, it's not just something that's kind of, I've asked for to come into my life. No, it's, it's been in my life. It's a part of me. You know, and it's it's really really awesome that this idea of uh, he'll always be there, the bonds eternal, and this relationship. It's anyway, it's awesome. He does a great job here in the second half of this verse, just talking about the eternal bond and how special it is. Yeah, and and it's saying and long after I'm gone, not to say that I'll he'll still be around. Christ is still around; is a part of us, but long after I'm gone in the sense that we're going to have moments where we forget, you know, where we forget this, this connection. And so just know, even in those moments of forgetfulness, when there will be nights that go on forever, like you're long lost at sea, never to be found in those moments where we've forgotten of this connection, just know he's still around. So it's a, a great reminder, no doubt. It's all going back to this, like this, He's inside you, all around you, and up above, growing, showing. I had in my notes the showing part, Justin. You know, he's always showing us at Romans one twenty. We didn't even talk about Romans one twenty when we talked about Joe Walsh and a life of illusion. And I, th- I, I guess I just forgot. But it's a, it's a real important Bible verse, I think, because it teaches us that. God is always showing himself to us. He's always revealing himself to us through nature. And so with that growing and showing, God is always showing and revealing himself. A.W. Tozier, he wrote in The Pursuit of God, 
The universal presence is a fact. God is here. The whole universe is alive with his life. And he is no stranger foreign God, but the familiar father. Always he is trying to get our attention, to reveal himself to us, to communicate with us. We have within us the ability to know him if we will but respond to his overtures. We will know him in increasing degree as our receptivity becomes more perfect by faith and love and practice. So it's nice, this idea of, you know, he's, he, these overtures that the Heavenly Father and nature and the universe is always making. It's, it's always revealing, it's always showing, always growing. And we, we're without excuse, is what Romans one twenty says. Man, you're without excuse. I'm showing you the way. You just pay attention to nature. Do like King Solomon. You know, just pay attention. Look closely to nature and all will be revealed to you. Love it. Yeah, it's consistent. There's there's nothing that happens in our lives that's just coincidence or happenstance. It's all happening for us to just continually show us more ways to remember who we are. That and that God is all around us all the time. <laughs> it never ends. Well, I want to talk about the last part, the glowing and the flowing all around you. Because this this gets into this these idea for me of, of force and energy and power and magnetism, just this energy and these auric fields that we all have, this torsion, this glowing and flowing all around you is this as above, so below, as within, so without. It's, it's very, very important because we, it, I think it makes life for me a lot more uh, alive and real and exciting. I, I, I can identify with life better now that I understand these energetic fields of glowing and flowing and how to be a good steward of not just kind of the love and the peace that I have, but how it's exchanged and reciprocated with, with in my relationships. Yeah, it's very tangible. I mean, you can you can tell when both I'm glowing and flowing when my life is in flow, and I can only be in that state when I do what Sturgill said in the first song by letting go. That's the only, if if we're attached, then we're stuck, we're stagnant. We get you know our rivers get dammed up, and we're not flowing in that moment. And so when I do let go, then I am flowing and then I'm glowing, you know, it's, it's in tandem, but this happens physiologically as well, you know, with the chrism oil as an aspect of us, this has to flow when I'm in flow, when I'm alkaline, then my body can flow, everything can move about, it can heal my blood, all my fluids can flow properly. And literally I start to glow within this process of the pineal actually illuminating and uh, optic thalamus, the light of the world illuminates when we complete this process. So it's all there. It's all there glowing and flowing. <laughs> it is. I love it. And there is a glow. I think uh, I didn't mention it, but on Florence Welch's album, Dance Fever, her gaze, and she's looking at the camera on the front cover and on the middle cover, on the, on the jacket, but on the front cover, it's as if she's gazing just above your head if, she, if you were the subject or the person. And that's that part. Oftentimes, we always see the, the halo or the glowing 
of the, the consciousness, of the conscious mind, of the risen mind. And there is something, again, it, it, I think it's visible. It's not in the electromagnetic spectrum that we can see that, but there is uh, light there that is glowing. I promise. Because I just, anyway, we've studied this stuff. I know this. And that's what she's looking at. When she's looking, when somebody's gazing at the camera and they're looking just above your head, that's her way of saying, man, I'm, I'm looking at the swoop. I want, I want to watch you glow. I want to watch you glow. Yeah. And some people can actually see this. And I, I believe that this is a, an ability that will move back to, to where we will see these auric fields glowing and flowing and, and they change colors based on the sort of chakra alignment that that individual is or isn't. And so it, it all corresponds to, um, sort of this fact that we are light manifest physically. We are light first and foremost. I mean, that is the first form in this physical reality is the light aspect or it's the vibration which can manifest in light form. And yeah, that's what shows up with us. So we are much more light than we are physical bodies. And so we've just kind of forgotten this aspect as well. So I think we'll, we'll just start to see this more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, who would Sturgill Simpson talking about glowing and flowing all around you? It's, it's just not your typical country music. That's for sure. Well, let's do our last song, Call to Arms. This song, Justin, I wanted to finish with this song, okay? And the reason I wanted to finish with this song is we started off with this idea of woke up today, decided to kill my ego, okay, on Just Let Go. This song, Call to Arms, it's kind of tapping into a righteous kind of anger, maybe a little frustration, maybe a reason to feel a little pissed. You know, there's things that have happened to man for a very, very, very long time. It's been a war, okay? We've been at war. Our minds, hearts, our souls, our bodies, we've all been in a battle, a war. And so when Sturgill Simpson writes a song called Call to Arms, He's saying, all right, are you going to answer the call? Are you ready to go to battle? And this, is, this, is, this isn't for everybody. Some people aren't ready to go to battle. What he's asking in this song, not everybody can do or, or wants to do. But it's real clear he's, he's asking us. Elton John, he sings this song, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. It's such a good song. But he too, in that song, in the most loving way, he's calling out. He's speaking to a certain group of people. He calls them the, the sons of uh, bankers, sons of lawyers, Mona Lisa's, Mad Hatters. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for mankind to otherwise get their head out of their ass. Okay, and Sturgill's telling us how to do that in this song. He's making real clear, hey. You need to wake the fuck up and get your head out of your ass. And this song is just a great way to really motivate you. Kind of really turn it loud and see if you if that call resonates. He's calling out and he wants he wants a response.
Well, that was Call to Arms by Sturgill Simpson. And what it's just a perfect song to end an album, too, by the way. Great, great finishing song, not just for this podcast, but a good way to finish a, a good album. But Justin, so uh, do you think if and when the collective can turn off the goon box and turn off the media, the internet, and all of these distractions, when the collective gets to that point, when we get, when we, when a majority turns off all that bullshit, I mean, we got the, we're, it's over at that point. But until that happens, man, we're kind of foobard. Well, and the time when he released this song was in 2016 first half of the year and so at that point we were i mean by by a lot of appearances and if you didn't know much at all and you just seen obama go through his two terms and just destroy every ounce of what we were and gearing us up for hillary which was just going to take us into a, a shit show uh, yeah. like it was so if that was your perspective then there was definitely a motivation to have a call to arms and there still is because we've got to all take responsibility for this, mm -hmm. but it was, it seemed was seemingly pretty dire at that point to where we were just falling into this aspect. Well, nobody's looking up to care about a drone that's fucking killing so many people all too busy looking down at their phone, you know? Yeah. And this is just like his frustration and seeing how, what is it going to take? What yeah. is it going to take? And that continued since then, but in a different kind of way, in a different kind of way to where it did start to encourage people to finally turn off their TV, turn off the news, doing so by pissing everybody off with all this sort of over the top way of stimulating that, that kind of reaction by the good guys, by those who want to bring us back into this realization that we don't need to be paying attention to this nonsense, this, this kind of spaces, because when we do, we give our power away. And when we give our power away, then it opens up this, this door to being controlled and just having all of these atrocities being done in our name, mm -hmm. with our power, with our influence, and with our help, we sign up for it. And if we don't do anything about it and say, fuck no, I'm not playing that game, then we're going to be controlled. That's the nature of this creation. If we are not in the driver's seat of our consciousness, then somebody else is, inevitably. That's how this works. So it is a call to arms to say, hey, fucking pay attention. Step back into yourself and and be aware of what's happening. And all, that's all it takes, just awareness. Because when we're aware, we don't let this kind of stuff happen. Because yeah. people are naturally good. They're not going to just go in lockstep with doing these kind of things. But if we don't pay attention, then it allows those who want the worst for us to get away with the worst for us. Yeah. So it's a powerful song. And it's also, one of the things I find powerful about it is, you think about people that have made a big decision in their life, whether it's to, uh, in this case, he's talking about serving, serving your country, serving in the military. 
but there's all these things that we go through in life that are big decisions and they're, they're forms of initiation. We've been initiated in ways that, man, it, it'll piss you off if you spend too much time thinking about it. And I don't, I want to I have positive, loving conversations on the lasers in the jungle. But some of these initiations, whether it's how we've been initiated as it relates to our healthcare and understanding about health or wellness or authority or this idea of like the military industrial complex. Like there's all of these things that we have gone through an initiation and it's a part of kind of our psyche. And the only way, I shouldn't say the only way, one of the best ways to break free from, from all of that is to turn it off, is to realize all the deception, all the lies, all of that. It's called MK Ultra. All of that is has been done to us. It'll make you mad. And so there's mm-hmm. some there's some amount of righteous kind of fury or just motivation, I should say, that's in this call to arms. Because, you know, there's so many good people that have just paid the ultimate sacrifice. They've committed just their the ultimate their life for things that might have otherwise been lies and, and mm-hmm. deception. And Kind of the rulers and authorities of this dark world just, I don't know, treating us like, like slaves. Yeah. This, there's a call to arms. We, we don't have to live like that. No, we certainly don't. And there's a, you know, the, a, the powerful allegory in the movie The Matrix where it, Neo finally steps out of The Matrix, this illusion, and realizes that he's in this tube and in this in this fluid, in this encasing, and he's this cell being harvested by all of these machines. But he has to, there's that visceral scene where he has to pull that feeding tube out of his throat, you know? And so that, that's representational of all of us. You know, that's a, that's a real thing that's happening, not physically, but actually we have been conditioned to having this feeding tube shoved down our throat and just being fed this constant wave of bullshit that's keeping us in this sort of dumbed down state Mm -hmm. and at some point we have to wake up and yank that shit out so that we don't keep getting fed this just inoculating mess of nonsense but sometimes that means we have to get pissed off in order to do that it's a very powerful emotion to have that righteous anger to inspire that change sometimes that's the very 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 thing that's needed to inspire that The last, the outro, turn off the TV, turn off the news. There's nothing to see here. They're serving the blues. Bullshit on my TV, bullshit on my radio. Hollywood telling me how to be me. The bullshit's got to go. This idea of this is the bread and circuses, all of this entertainment, a lot of this stuff that's the news, it's all meant to to keep us in a real low vibratory state and enslaved, keep our minds enslaved. So I know it's very difficult to think about not watching Sports Center or watching whatever the hell you watch on TV, but Sturgill Simpson, he's asking and he's calling for a different way. And it's a better way. It's a better way. That's the TV, they're serving the blues. It doesn't really 
serve our, our highest good. Now, I will admit, I will binge watch some Netflix TV, but it serves me. I don't watch bullshit TV. I watch stuff that serves me and my mind and my heart and my soul. Sturgill Simpson, he's calling us to turn off the bullshit. And it's, anyway, it's a great ethos. It's a great way. I used to have a sticker on my car as a teenager. It said, kill your TV. And it was just some thing to put on your car as a teenager. But man, it's really a real ethos. It's, it's a way of life. It's just turn all that off. It, it, it serves you none. It has no, no, no reason to exist in my life. I have started to pay a little bit more attention to the news lately. <laughs> Only because it's a circus. It's a little entertaining. When you put it down and then you pick it back up, it's fun to kind of pick it back up and look at every now and again. But it serves me. I make sure it serves me. And it it doesn't suck the life out of me. There was a point in time where the news cycle, it did not serve me, man. It made me a miserable person. And I was glued to the news cycle. It was a big part of my life, actually. So this is a game changer. If you want to live a new way, turn all that shit off. It's much better. Yeah, just to have that conscious reset, step back into the ownership position. You know, you we've got to be fully conscious yeah. and not just be bound by the external influences, the puppet strings controlling us. We've got to step into the space of ownership and say, I, no, this life is working for me. I'm the one in control and there's no one else that can do it for me. It's a, it's a very powerful flip to get to that space. And there's so many alternatives. I mean, we talked about just some some different videos and music in the few episodes that we've... There's so many alternatives for you to put your mind to that will really help you and, and make you feel better. Uh, Sturgill, he's got this the Dude and Juanita album. Man, this is great stories. Good, good music that is... I don't know. Sit around the campfire, sit on your porch and listen to music and read something that's these are great alternatives other than just watching some mindless you know news program i want to encourage justin i didn't tell you about jesus boogie you need to listen to the song called jesus boogie by sturgill simpson it's a cover but it's a fantastic song think about uh the story and the personality and the character of Yeshua and Jesus and and just his his persona and what it might I love people that give me a you know, a facet of Jesus that they've only kind of contemplated or thought about and anyway this song I can't wait for you to listen to it it makes me emotional the other song I want you to listen to is the song called O Sarah I thought for the longest time it was Abraham it was a story of Abraham singing a song about his love for Sarah. And it turns out, I guess, Sergio Simpson's wife is named Sarah. But it's a beautiful song regardless, uh, even if it's not about the allegory of Abraham and Sarah. It could be both. It, you never know. It could, it, it could be both. It seems like it It could be both. But there's a lot of songs, Pan Bowl, Hero, Sam. There's all these songs that really uh, make you feel like you're part of Sturgill Simpson's kind of myth and his mythology and it's cool it's really it's really a kind of it feels intimate when musician really lets you in to their kind of mythology and their 
their their whole story and kind of their visions, kind of what they what they kind of envision for uh, for man and and just kind of the universe. So I'm I'm glad that we got to do this, Justin. Can't wait to maybe talk about some music again next week. Yeah. Yeah, this was this has been a real real pleasure, and it is encouraging to see that level of sort of openness that he has with sharing his music and his creations that way. That's a sign of a true creator, because the only way you can be a true creator is if you're in that space of surrender, letting go and trust, and then that conveys in the works at hand. So it's great going through this, and pleasure being here with you, brother. It's a it's it's a really fun, it's fun being on these shows. So thank you. Thanks once again. Well, good. I hope everybody will tune in again next week. We're going to be talking about the inspiration for the name Lasers in the Jungle and particular musician and their music. So that'll be a great episode. And I want to also remind everybody to be sure to go to justincarpenter.org and visit Justin's website. Also at justincarpenter33 on Telegram is a great way to uh, get up with Justin. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment the podcast. You can also follow us on social media. I want to conclude with one scripture. This is the scripture that I was thinking about when I was thinking about Sturgill Simpson. I I like Sturgill because of his music. I like it because he's kind of anti-organized music and established music. But I like him... I think most of all, because he just seems like a simple man, an easy man. There's a scripture in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. It says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. So I would encourage everybody just to, I don't know, reflect on that verse, especially the part about minding your own business. You should mind your own business. We don't need to be worried about anybody else, but maybe ourselves. And it's a nice, selfish way that seems to benefit all around us. All right. And that's it, everybody else. Tune in next week. And until then, let your love light shine. Thank you. Oh, wait. Before you leave, may I share some encouragement? Would you consider repeating after me? Just a few simple words to share within yourself. Go east. Cast your nets on the right side of the boat. Find your flow within the right hemisphere of your brain. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Allow your mind to be renewed and affirm yourself with me. The four winds of success now blow to me my own. From north, south, east and west comes my endless good. He who watches over my heart's desire neither slumbers nor sleeps. The warrior within me has already won.
Before I called, I was answered, and now gather my harvest in a remarkable way. Happy surprises come to me each day. I look with wonder at that which is before me. Your ears and mind are still here. Your journey awaits. This is your first test. This podcast is brought to you by T2G Foundation. As the producer for Lasers in the Jungle, T2G has requested that all initiates of the Jaguar Order refrain from ever repeating or parroting a precept that they were introduced to while listening to Lasers in the Jungle. Instead, the initiate is asked to accept the impression and the time interval required for the impression to develop. Thessalonians 5.21 Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Go read, go study, go meditate, and go strengthen your inner standing. Anyone who ever speaks of lasers in the jungle is outside of the Jaguar order and should be considered uninitiated. Thank you.